the 10 verses of the 35th chapter of Isaiah describe the transformation of creation and history brought about by the coming of God into the life of a people. Now the first seven verses tell of great transformation and the last three tell of the res response to the change, a procession on a new highway. The 35th chapter of Isaiah announces coming transformations of land, of disabilities, of locations, of emotions, of destinies. It sings of liberations, jubilant homecomings, and the end of all sorrow and sighing. Listen now for the word of God. The wilderness and the dry land shall be glad. The desert shall rejoice and blossom like the crocus. It shall blossom abundantly and rejoice with joy and singing. The glory of Lebanon shall be given to it, the majesty of Carmel and Sharon. They shall see the glory of the Lord, the majesty of our God. Strengthen the weak knees and make firm, I'm sorry, the weak hands and make firm the feeble knees. Say to those who are of a fearful heart, be strong, do not fear. Here is your God. He will come with vengeance, with terrible recompense. He will come and save you. Then the eyes of the blind shall be open and the ears of the deaf unstopped. Then the lame shall leap like a deer and the tongue of the speechless sing for joy. For water shall break forth in the wilderness and streams in the desert. The burning sand shall become a pool and the thirsty ground springs of water. The haunt of jackals shall become a swamp. The grass shall become reeds and rushes. A highway shall be there and it shall be called the holy way. The unclean shall not travel on it, but it shall be for God's people. No traveler, not even fools, shall go astray. No lion shall be there, nor any ravenous beast come up on it. They shall not be found there, but the redeemed shall walk there, and the ransomed of the Lord shall return and come to Zion with singing. Everlasting joy shall be upon their heads. They shall obtain joy and gladness, and sorrow and sighing shall flee away. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks, Thanks be to God. God. O oh Lord, may our thoughts and may my words be acceptable in your sight, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Are you scared? I don't just mean, you know, a little anxious. I mean scared. Fear haunts our daily lives. Fear is all over the news. There were two school shootings in North Carolina this past week. The mother of the 15-year-old child who is charged with attempted murder in the Wilmington school shooting said that she feared that her son was in danger. And it seems this child was scared enough to take a gun to school and use it. Fear haunts our daily lives. As school began, proud parents and grandparents posted photos of their children and grands going off to in-person school at last. 
And now, so many post their fears because of COVID infections and quarantines. In fact, during the night, one of those grandparents sent me a note and said, pray for my youngest grand of her five grandsons. The two youngest have been exposed to COVID in school. I've gotten these scary notes from school. And during the night, one of them came in and said, mother, my head is aching. And he didn't have much fever, but not long afterwards, he had a 101 and was shivering. That fever changed so fast, and he's at the doctor's right now. Fear haunts our daily lives. The Taliban taking over Afghanistan has led to fears for women there who cherish their freedom. Simple freedoms we take for granted, like being able to drive or be able to work or be able to go somewhere without a male relative. Fear for their lives. Not to mention our own fear that that country might again serve as a breeding ground for terrorists. Fear haunts our daily lives. Saturday's anniversary this week of the horrors of 9-11 revive awful memories and renew our fears of more deadly attacks. Who can get on an airplane without some unsettling questions about their fellow passengers? And not just that they might have COVID. And after shootings at movie theaters and malls and concert venues, who can attend some big public event without thinking? If I hear gunfire, where do I go? How do I get low? Fear haunts our daily lives. You may remember that when we were invited recently to the installation of the new minister at Newburn's First Presbyterian Church, well, next week, She's going to a retreat in Wyoming, which will include an author named Gareth Higgins, teaching from his book, How Not to Be Afraid, Seven Ways to Live When Everything Seems Terrifying. Well, I have not bought a plane ticket to Wyoming. I know our treasurer will be glad to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> and I have not bought the book, but I can tell you that Higgins focuses on seven fears. Fear of being alone. Fear of having done something that cannot be fixed. Fear of a meaningless life. Fear of not having enough. Will your money make it to retirement? <laughs> Fear that you'll be broken forever. Fear of the world. And of course, that good old favorite, fear of death. Well, that's a pretty good list as far as it goes, but most folks I know, most have some other fears too. The kind that disturb our peace, that trouble our sleep, that slide and slither unbidden into our dreams. Fear was a problem that prophet Isaiah addressed a lot, not just in the passage we read. This is not the only time he says, do not fear. His prophecy is filled with words of comfort and encouragement to not be fearful. The 40th chapter of Isaiah, he says, Get you up to a high mountain, O Zion. Herald of good tidings, lift up your voice with strength, O Jerusalem. Herald of good tidings, lift it up. Do not fear. Say to the cities of Judah, here is your God. 
the very next chapter, he says, Do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be afraid, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I'll help you. I'll uphold you with my victorious right hand. You may recognize some of those words there in one of our favorite hymns. He goes on, For I, the Lord your God, hold your right hand. It is I who say to you, Do not fear. I will help you. And then the 43rd chapter of Isaiah. But now, thus says the Lord, he who created you, O Jacob, he who formed you, O Israel, do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. God claims us. Well, there are several more, but you get the idea. God does not want us to live in fear. God wants us to live in faith. So many, many people are immobilized, paralyzed by two kinds of fear. Guilt, that's fear of the past. And anxiety, fear of the future. What I call what if itis. What if this happens? What if that happens? But God wants us to trust, to walk in faith, to not let fear kill the joy in life. Every moment, morning that we wake up alive, we need to affirm that 24th verse of Psalm 118. You know it well. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Doesn't say anything about let us be fearful today. You might get hurt. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. And then we need to live out that resolution to rejoice and be glad in every day that God gives us. Are you scared? Don't mean just, you know, frightened. Don't mean just a little concerned. I mean, scared. I know people who think that COVID is some sort of trick by the politicians or a scam by the drug companies. They just want to make money. Well, what business does it? Tell me that. Well, but in the last few weeks, I've had at least three minister friends who were vaccinated but fell ill and were hospitalized. And in two cases, so were their wives. They're not just a little anxious, a little concerned. They're terrified. They're scared. One of those ministers posted that I'll be okay. He said, but it's becoming clearly and painfully obvious to me that my okay is going to be a COVID okay. Not short, not smooth, not direct. He said, last night was a rough one. I reacted badly to a treatment. I could not breathe. There's pure panic in my eyes. I was scared. I was not okay. When my friend first told of his illness and his fear, my note to him had quoted from the words we just read. Say to those who have a fearful heart, be strong, do not fear, here's your God. He will come and save you. When you're not just tired, because life is hard and lots of times it is. When you're not just weary because some problems just will not go away and some others get bigger every day. When you're downhearted and lonesome and nobody seems to really care. When things seem so bad you may even question whether does life have meaning at all? That is when we need to say to our own fearful hearts, 
be strong. Do not fear. God will come and save us. Thanks be to God.